Hello and welcome to Mind Yourself, a podcast where we aim to bring some practical advice and provide support for our young people and their well-being. My name is Katie Hunter and throughout the coming episodes I'll be talking to a number of different guests who have inspired me. In each episode I hope to discuss a range of topics from understanding our mental health, developing a range of coping strategies, the impacts of social media on our well-being and much more. Most importantly, if you or somebody close to you is struggling with your mental health, please reach out and talk to somebody. On today's episode, I'm joined by PE and People Support Teacher Martin Shields. Martin is a teacher at Larbert High School and has made a huge contribution to improving both teacher and pupil understanding of what mental health is and how they can look after their own mental health. Today we're going to be having a chat about different coping strategies that we can use to manage our well-being better. Hi Martin, uh, first Hello. of all thank you for coming onto the podcast. No problem. Um, today we're going to be chatting about coping strategies and different ways that we can manage our mental health. Um, so before we get started I thought I'd share a little explanation of what coping strategies are. So for anybody listening who's maybe unsure of what coping strategies are or hasn't used them before, a coping strategy is essentially a tool that we can use to get through a tough time. So in a nutshell, coping strategies can help us minimise or tolerate a stressful situation and deal with it in the best possible way. So I know you're going to share a few different examples of coping yep. strategies um, that people can use at home. But before you do that, could you explain a little bit more um, about how coping strategies actually work? Yeah, of course. First of all, thanks very much for having me on. Uh, I think in, in times like this, there's, a, there's more focus on mental health and well-being than what there's ever been. Uh, and I don't mean just people who, who have a diagnosed mental illness. Uh, I mean, for all of us and, and coping strategies and building resilience and self-care are all absolutely at the centre of that. So I don't think there's a better time uh, to be speaking about it. Uh, Definitely. Sim- similar to what you said, if, if you kind of scroll through the internet, there's loads of kind of fancy definitions of what a coping strategy is and how to use it and the science behind it. A coping strategy is just a thing that you do a thing that you do or a thing that you try uh, and it helps you cope with the demands of life basically that's what I think a coping strategy is and how it works it's just something that you try out uh, and it helps you cope with the demands that, that life brings upon us on a, on a daily basis uh, now unfortunately for some these demands can be very very serious and difficult and coping strategies will be absolutely essential for these people however I think something that not what everybody recognises is that coping strategies is for everybody. Uh, you don't need to have a to have a mental illness to use coping strategies. I use coping strategies on a daily basis, and some people maybe do it without recognising they do it as well. Uh, but I think for everybody, it's really important to learn strategies work for them in the kind of right times that they can use them as well. So that's how I use coping strategies, and that's what I believe coping strategies are. Yeah, I think that's a really important note that you're saying there, that everybody can use them because what we don't really want is people thinking that um, certain things or certain practices are only for people if they're having a really, really, sh- or a really difficult Certainly. time, but yeah. actually they can be used for everybody and not necessarily all of the time. Yeah. There might be a time that you need it more than others. 
absolutely. Um, I mean, and I think I'll, I'll share later on some of the things that I do. But I mean, you, you, everybody goes through days and to the day where they feel stressed or when they feel anxious. You might not have a diagnosis of a, of a mental illness, but everybody goes through these things, and it's about how you, you can cope with them better so that it doesn't spiral out of control, or still, or so that you still manage to go on and have a good day as opposed to a really rubbish day. Definitely. So on that note, um, could you give me maybe like two or three examples of different coping strategies yeah. that listeners could try at home? Yeah, absolutely. What I'll try and do here is try and speak about something you might never have heard of or if you've seen what it was called, you might not know what it's all uh, So the first one I'm going to speak about is the window of tolerance. Now, I first seen this uh, from a lady called Pookie Nightsmith. Uh, a big mental health conference. I'm not sure if you've, you've heard her. She's got some fantastic videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she also explains this really, really well. Uh, maybe better than what I'm about to do, but uh, you can go on and watch it there. She's really, really good, and she's got lots of good materials and stuff all over, all over the internet, really. Uh, so the window of tolerance. What, are, what? And feel free to kind of join in with this. Those who are listening, pause it and go and grab yourself a pen and paper. But what I want you to, to imagine is a window, and basically there's a wall up above the window, and there's also a wall below the window. And that window is your tolerance. So basically, if you were to draw a line along that window, which represents your day, your line is going to go up and down. But for most of us, we manage to stay within that window of tolerance. So even if we're sometimes going up and we're feeling a little bit anxious, we're still within the window. Some points of the day, we might come down, or down, we might be slightly depressed, but we always manage to stay in the window. In an ideal world, our line would go straight from the left of the window right through the middle to the end but that's not really realistic for most yeah. of us it goes up and down however what happens to that line is it goes up above the window onto the wall or down below the window onto the wall for some of us it's going to happen at both ends for feel down a lot of the time or we might just feel up a lot of the time which can make you feel really anxious so what the window to- first thing is about you recognizing when you're outside that window and i think that's a really important point that but again, the, the first stage to be able to help yourself is recognising when you're feeling out with the window of tolerance. So it's about mm-hmm. recognising that to start. And when you're going above the window of tolerance, what I would urge you to do is write down a list of things. Take your time to do this. Uh, write down a list of things that when you are feeling anxious, maybe perhaps you're about to have a panic attack, write a list of things that you can do to bring you back down to that window. Uh, I would say things like watching TV, spending time with family, uh, perhaps going on a run or a walk and stuff as well can help bring me back down. Um, I'm never, I never really go down, but sometimes I only just go up above when I feel a little bit anxious and a little bit worried about something. Uh, so write a list of things that you can do to bring you back down to within that window of tolerance. But also do the same for if you were to go below the window of tolerance, so perhaps days where you're feeling really down or perhaps moments where you're feeling really down. What, can, what things can you do at that time? And when you've got it written down, all you, need to, all you need to do is go back and view your window of tolerance and it will remind you to do these things. So it might be like watching a favourite episode of Friends or whatever you like. Uh, for everybody, it's going to be different. But I think making it, make it artistic as well uh, so that it's something that you can go through and you can quite like looking at. And that pause, that going away to you, it can help as well because you're taking that bit of time out. And then hopefully the things on that uh, will help you get back within that window of tolerance yeah and if anybody is struggling uh, to sort of imagine what that would look like we actually created like a template that 
we were getting Absolutely. pupils to fill in yeah. so we can share that as well uh, the template's great and it gives you a good starting point if you're not quite sure how to draw one out yourself uh, so that, that's yeah. one of my, my kind of favourite coping strategies and, and mm -hmm. again that's one that absolutely everybody can use uh, definitely it's one that i've used on a daily basis it's just about out that window when you're out with that window but more importantly what you can do to bring yourself back in it excellent thank you no worries i was going to mention one more obviously you've mm -hmm. got loads of different ones you've got like five four three two one and there's loads of information that we'll maybe share a wee bit later on about where you can find it now i've yeah. a slightly d different one for my second coping strategy and it might not actually recognised coping strategy but something that really really works for me and some of the people that I've shared it with also really starting to like it and it's basically called three good things uh, and the idea is that we recognise good things that have either happened in our day or in our week uh, I think sometimes as a nation and a, as, a, as a country we, we focus on all the kind of negatives that happen in our life like if one bad thing happens in the morning we turn it into a bad day and we're really good at moaning and saying how bad things are and how unfortunate we've been. And I really don't think we recognise the good things that happen to us on a, on a daily basis. Uh, I know some people have got far more difficult lives than others, but I think the three good things is basically at the end of each day. I do it every Friday in my mental health class in the morning, so I don't do it daily. You can do it daily yeah. or you can do it weekly. And really it's just looking at three good things that have happened to you over the course of that day uh, or three good things that have happened to you over the course of that week. And I would just just say uh, nothing good's happened that's an easy response think about did you spend time with family did you have three nice meals a day because that these are all good things and not everybody is lucky enough to have them so it's about recognizing uh, the good things that happen in your life because there will be some of them there yeah because i think sometimes when you think what was good that happened in your day today you instantly think oh nothing really that significant's happened yep. it's not been great but actually there's loads of good things that you might have them up, absolutely. yeah like had to catch up with a friend that you hadn't spoken to in a while or had your favorite sweet or something like that like really little yep. things that actually the more, the are more good. you can do to recognize them the easier it becomes every week or every day to start recognizing them and even when i've started mm -hmm. doing activities because there's activities that i've done before that i've put my three good things but at the time i've not really thought it was that good yeah. Now that I'm recognising as a good thing, now when I'm starting to do the activities, I'm thinking this is a really nice moment we're having just now, or this is a, basically a good time. Uh, so yeah, I think just being grateful absolutely. for things that you've yeah. got, yeah. And another one that um, that I learned just the other week, actually, and it's so simple to do, is if you're feeling like you're in a negative mindset, just saying, like, change the programme and then thinking more positively. So if you're thinking, you know, you wake up in the morning and you think, I'm going to have a rubbish day today. And actually just change even saying to yourself, yeah, like change the programme, change the channel. And then actually it might be quite a good day or Absolutely. there'll be positives in this day. Yep. And that kind of links nicely with that. Have, and I've been guilty of doing it myself before and I, I, I try not to at all anymore. But something really, something quite negative happens in your morning. And it really does affect yep. the rest of your day, yourself, your relationships with people kind of break and everything else becomes kind of rubbishy. Uh, yeah. In fact, like what we're saying, if you can uh, try and do one of these coping strategies, then your day might not be brilliant, might not be your best day. Uh, absolutely. However, it's not going to be as bad a day as what it would be if you if you thought about if you thought that way. Yeah, totally. So, how would our listeners find coping strategies that work for them? Uh, for me, it's trial and error. I mean, you're going to come across loads of coping strategies that don't work, and please don't be. Uh, annoyed or down at yourself because there is lots of and there's lots of coping strategies that I've tried that I think no, that actually makes you feel worse 
Um, yeah. Basically, if it's making you feel worse, don't do it again. Uh, if it's maybe just not working, what I would sometimes urge you to do is try it again. Some of the coping strategies actually require practice and actually require you knowing what you're doing. So if it's not making you feel worse, but it's not making you feel better, give it another try. Uh, it's absolutely fine just to keep trying. Uh, an example of this recently for me is uh, I've got a really, I, I don't sleep well at all at night. Uh, and I think with the current situation, I'm maybe not as tired at night. I'm maybe sleeping in my mm-hmm. bed a little bit longer in the morning and I'm not out, I'm not active as much. So when I'm coming to my bed at night, I'm just not sleeping anywhere near as well. Uh, yeah. So I tried things. I tried watching TV, which I don't normally do that but before my bed didn't work. Uh, I felt tired, but then when I turned off the TV, I was just getting the kind of same problem. I wasn't able to sleep. And when I can't sleep at night, that's when I get a lot of really negative thoughts coming into my head. So it's a really, really big thing mm-hmm. for me being able to sleep. Uh, I also tried listening to, listen to some football podcasts, Peter Crouch and, and Simon Ferry and Open Goal. Again, they didn't work. I was enjoying listening to them, but I, I actually think it made me focus too much and I, I was becoming more aware. Um, I tried not using my phone as well after a certain time, but nothing was really working. And somebody recommended to me using the, the Headspace app, and they've got like sounds, and it's somebody speaking really softly. And this has worked for me in the last few nights. This has only been really recently. In the last few nights, yeah. it's worked. So I, I tried things, and I tried other things, and they weren't working. Things that would definitely work for other people. Uh, and just now, the Headspace app is definitely one that's working for me at night time. So I'm, I'm glad that yeah. that's I'm exactly the same. I find sleeping um, at times or when I'm maybe going through something a little bit stressful yeah. or I'm really busy at work or whatever, I find switching off at night really yeah. challenging. And so I use the Headspace app as well and I think it Absolutely. is brilliant. Um, but something else that I do is I put a notebook next to my bed and then if I have got like a recurring thought or something that I'm, I'm just continually thinking about when yeah. I'm trying to go to sleep, I write it down on the notepad and then I know that it's there and I can come back to it and I think that that's something that's really reassuring because it's like I've not forgotten about it but I'm going to come back to it uh, later on and the, the, for me the, the, as it's, there's nothing worse for my well-being than when I can't sleep at night because it is it's yeah. really the, I would say one of the only times of the day where I get a lot of negative thoughts coming into my head so it was really something that I was finding difficult over the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. but uh, I seem to have found the right thing as well and just one other thing there's um I think once you find a coping strategy that does work for you, it doesn't mean it's going to work every single time. Yeah. Find something and it doesn't work that day, even though it has previously. And my message would be that just because it doesn't work that that day and it has previously for you, don't stop doing it. Do it again. It just might be like you're having a particularly bad day that day. Uh, so yeah. don't stop doing ones just because they don't work once. Absolutely. Um, so do you think that different coping strategies work differently depending on how you're feeling? So what I mean by mm-hmm. that would be um, if I was feeling really stressed, mm-hmm. do you think that there'd be something that would work better than if I was feeling depressed, Absolutely, for example? Absolutely, yeah. And I guess to, to use your kind of example from the question, I'll just answer that, how, how I would deal with these two things. Um, using kind of the stress example, first of all, there's very, very, very often uh, I'm driving to work in the morning and I'm I'm panicking about how much I've got to do and how little time I've got to do it. And that can kind of build up and build up in the drive. Uh, and how mm-hmm. I best deal with that is, is, is really, really, really simple, but so effective is writing a list. Uh, 
So as soon as I go into work, the very, very first thing I do is write a list. And even just writing the list, it kind of empties my head of all these thoughts of how am I going to do that, how am I going to do this, and I've only got this much time to do it. Uh, so the very first thing I do, I don't have a fancy notebook. I know some people do. I don't use post-it notes. I simply grab a piece of pen and paper and I just write down a list of everything that I've got to get completed in that day. And I maybe try and put the things that must get completed first at the top as well. And that, for me, just kind of empties my head and makes me feel as though I can manage it. Uh, and another really, really great thing about lists is often uh, are more used to kind of... Uh, be working on something and then jump to something else and then jump to something yeah. and actually never get a lot Absolutely. done and you end up not completing any tasks but I feel as though a list you just work your way down it uh, so that you're kind of completing them one of my absolute favourite things about lists is having to tick it off and um, don't you do that <laughs> yeah. when you've got a list score it off colour it in red whatever or green uh, put a tick beside it circle it whatever works for you I normally just scribble it out and put it in that kind of gives you a good feeling as if you're really working through your list uh, and that's how I feel. Yeah, with. and also you've got that feeling of like a burden that's being a, lifted every time you yeah, tick something it's, off. It's a it? great feeling actually, so uh, that's what for me when I'm feeling the least bit stressed uh, I just write a list and it works for me in work but it also works for me if I've got a lot of things going on which I need to do a lot of different mm-hmm. things for like I don't know, I'm going to make a holiday or whatever, just write down a list and tick it off as you go. Uh, and I guess if we're talking about feeling slightly down and depressed as well, which happens, again, I wouldn't say that, that I get these feelings very often. I'm normally at the other scale where mm-hmm. I'm worrying or panicking about stuff. Uh, however, if I'm feeling slightly depressed, I guess what what is family and exercise. Uh, when I see, I've got lots of nieces and nephews, and when I, when I see them, it really, really cheers me up. It kind of brings me down, and I love that time with them. And also exercise as well. As a PE teacher, I'm obviously uh, going to preach on exercise, but it can be really difficult when you're feeling down at these points to drag yourself out. Uh, and I'm one who yeah. probably do quite a lot of running at the moment. Uh, and I honestly can't say, and I think this is okay to be like this, I don't actually enjoy making myself go for the run. And I don't really enjoy it when I'm doing it very much either. When you're on the uh, run, yeah. However, the feeling... <laughs> that I get after I've done it is is quite incredible and that's what drags me to do it in the first place because it really really massively it's quite remarkable how much it does that so I don't enjoy having to do it I enjoy going for a walk but I don't go for a run I find uh, quite hard but I just think about the mm-hmm. feeling that it gives me once I'm done uh, and that's what kind of drags me off the couch or whatever to go and do it yeah that I'm exactly the same and I have been putting I've been kind of making myself like a list of things to do during my days on isolation and I've been putting that on my list all the time because even though I don't enjoy it and I almost like I need to talk myself into it but after it it's you feel so good and it has such a positive impact on the rest of your day you're so much more productive and if you can find exercise that does that and you enjoy for example when I'm back at football that's exercise and I enjoy doing it or I enjoy playing a game of badminton yeah. when I'm back at school or, or a game of golf. So if you can find exercise that you like doing and it makes you feel better, then, then go for that. Yeah, and obviously if exercise isn't for you, there are loads of different outlets that you can use, Absolutely. like music or yeah. reading yeah. or whatever that might be. Um, so moving on, I guess, where can our listeners find examples of different coping strategies that they could try? Yeah, so there's, there's loads of different places and I'm just going to, I'm going to rhyme off a few in general, then I'm going to rhyme off a few 
uh, which worked for me. Uh, one that really kind of works for me is uh, YouTube. And the only reason I really like YouTube is because it gives me a kind of visual example. Uh, you can put in coping strategies at the top of YouTube and it will bring up kind of endless different amounts of things that you can try. Uh, however, what I kind of use it for is, for example, for speaking about the window tolerance, pop that into the YouTube search box and then you'll get people almost teaching you how to use that type of strategy. Uh, so that's why I really like YouTube, because you get that kind of visual video uh, how to do yeah. it. Any great apps, I know we've touched on one of them earlier, which is really helping me sleep at the moment. Uh, there's apps like Calm, Headspace, and there's one called Breathe as well, which is really good. And there's lots of good coping strategies on them, but there's also lots of other, I mean, my Headspace comes up and it gives me kind of like motivational messages throughout the day popping up on my phone. Uh, which I quite like. I'm, I'm really into kind of quotes and positive messages, so that's quite nice. Uh, and there's, yeah. there's loads of. And I think Headspace as well. Uh, like you can get the free yeah. version of it, but there's an extended version, and they've got so much uh-huh. more on it. And I am sure that you can, if you log in with your school login and um, as a pupil, then you're getting access to that for free, which uh, is no, amazing. That's a really that's a great. Uh, and there's also the, the, there's mental health charities and their websites are absolutely excellent uh, Sam H and mm-hmm. Mind are probably from from my memory anyway the best and again they don't just give you information and coping strategies they've got lots about that, the mental illness uh, lots of kind of just yeah. good things on their websites and there's lots of information about where you can access different types of support as well uh, so the, the charities websites are absolutely great uh, there's also loads in, in Twitter, yeah. if you've got like a smartphone or laptop Twitter, there's lots going on. There's obviously uh, Labert High School Twitter, which is at Labert High MH, but there's lots of other uh, mental health accounts out there that have really quite nice messages and helpful things. And then obviously you've got school, uh, your pupil support, or any teacher should be able to help you with your, your mental health and well-being, and they perhaps might give you some ideas or coping strategies that you can use uh, to combat something that you might be feeling. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I guess we've spoken a lot about really positive coping yes. strategies. Um, so why would you say that these methods are more effective than unhealthy coping strategies, yeah. for example, like yeah. overeating or drinking alcohol or sleeping too much? And, and when you're feeling down or, or whatever illness you may have or you just might be having a particularly bad day, these are really easy things mm-hmm. to go and do. And it feel as yeah. though that, uh, that this is the best option. And it's not to say that you should never uh, drink alcohol in your life or you should never overeat or you should never have a lie-in. It's not about that. But doing these things certainly on a regular basis can have really detrimental effects to your well-being and to your health. And I think there's a really close link between your physical health and your mental health. So if your physical health declines, then there's a, there's a chance that your mental health can yeah. be well. However, if you're looking at the more positive side, if you're managing to stay healthy, uh, then it can also kind of clear your head and uh, help you mentally as well. So I think that's a really key point. Um, and sometimes it's what I try and think about as much as you can is the consequences after doing these things. Because they are really easy and it can be really difficult Absolutely. to do something positive when you're feeling like that. And I appreciate that and understand that. And it's not always going to be possible, however as much as possible I try and think about the consequences uh, even just small things like I, I, my diet isn't great uh, but I try and look after it as much as I can and I know if I like for example McDonald's at half past ten at night and eat a Big Mac I would feel terrible after it I would feel terrible 
that making myself mm-hmm. unhealthy. It was just kind of, I, I think I would ruin the next couple of hours of my night or my day or my sleep on the next day. Uh, so I try and think about the consequences after it before doing it. And I know that's easier said than done. Um, however, if you can start making these small changes, you'll feel a million times better about yourself. You'll, I mean, if you eat something healthy or you, you go to the gym instead of drinking alcohol or you go out a walk, uh, you try and get yourself up in the morning and your routine is sleeping too much, uh, I think you'll feel a whole lot better about yourself moving forward. Yeah, I mean, me and you are uh, two of the biggest <laughs> chocolate and cake eaters ever. <laughs> but I always think that when I um, eat a lots of chocolate or sweets and stuff like that, I actually feel so much yeah. worse than if I just eat quite healthy and have yeah. a good balanced diet I haven't eaten chocolate this whole week and I feel so yeah. positive about it but I feel like when I'm eating it loads I, I just feel yeah. quite rubbish in myself and then you feel negative it's a bit of a, uh, like a cycle I mean, my, isn't my it? diet for me will never be perfect and however what I would say is I exercise yeah. loads and for me that works so even if I have a, a bad day with my food yeah. so if I go out and exercise I then don't think about that, but it's if I don't exercise, then I feel really bad about what I've been eating, and also the fact that I've not been out and exercise, yeah. so it's a kind of a double whammy. Yeah, so for me... Yeah, and then I, I guess that leads on to being yeah, lethargic absolutely. and sleeping yeah. and all the rest of it, sort of just yeah. domino effect. Especially um, at the moment, getting yourself into a kind of daily routine is one of the most important things you can do, because it is really, really easy to wake up late, to lie about your jammies, to no shower, eat a lot of rubbish uh, but certainly if it doesn't after a couple of days it's really going to uh, get you down over a long period of time so my, my kind of main piece of advice especially just now where there's very little in your life that gives you the you need to make one yourself yeah a little structure yeah so if you were in a cycle of yeah. poor coping strategy so for example you are sleeping yeah. really late into the day and things do you have any tips for anybody yeah, to sort absolutely. of break out of that cycle that- that, that can be one of the most difficult things to do especially if it's part of your routine um, my, my first piece of advice would be to try other ones some of the other uh, coping strategies they require practice as I've said previously give them a try because if you've perhaps tried them before and they've not worked for you and you've just gone back to the easy option try them again research more coping strategies get involved in more mental health things that are happening across the internet and across your local community uh, if you still feel as though that you're unable to break this cycle of poor coping strategies, uh, what I would do is that's the point where I would be seeking help and support. I think at this point you're needing mm-hmm. somebody else to help you out, whether that be a friend or a family member, uh, or perhaps you might want to get involved or speak to your pupil sport teacher. Uh, but at that point, if you're, if you're really, really trying and it's not working, for me, you absolutely need to be seeking some support and help at these points. Yeah, and absolutely. If if you speak to somebody about it, then it almost gives you that little bit of accountability because yep. you've confined in somebody and they can kind of help keep you on yep, track absolutely. and help keep you motivated to, to keep working hard as well. Um, so just a final question. As you know, it's Health Awareness Week and the theme this year is kindness. Yeah. I would just like to know why kindness is important yes. to you. First of all, I think kindness... I think we, we often think of kindness as, as being towards other people, which is fantastic. However, my first message would be to be kind to yourself. And um, what I mean by that is treating yourself well, eating the right things, putting the right things in your body and doing things that you enjoy. So 
that would be my first message to, because if you, if you care about your well-being you need to care about your own well-being before you care about uh, so I think the, the first place you should be starting is yourself be kind to yourself do things that you enjoy uh, and it'll make you feel good it'll make you feel absolutely brilliant about yourself if you're, if you're being kind uh, what I would say about being kind towards other people uh, is I don't know if anybody, obviously somebody has, but some, when somebody's really kind to you or give you a compliment, it makes you feel absolutely great about yourself. And even though you might not show outwardly, uh, inwardly you feel really good. And the power of being able to do that to somebody is really quite nice. Uh, and also when you're being kind to other people, I think it just lifts your mood as well. And yeah, totally. What my kind of final message would be is, and I always try and think of this now, you really, really, really don't know what people are going through in their life. Uh, so if you see somebody perhaps not being kind or they look as though they're storming about in the mood or they seem really down, you know, don't mock the person. Uh, you might not have the confidence to go up and help them and that's absolutely fine. I'm not asking you to do that. But you really don't know what that person's going through on that day and what family circumstances they have. So don't be unkind towards them. Be kind, be pleasant. Whether that's out in the shops, whether it's somebody in your family or a close friend, you probably don't know everything that everybody's going through even close friends uh, so my, that, my message would be, be just be kind to everybody and you're never going to have to worry about that problem oh, amazing thank you no so worries. much Thanks for coming much on for that's been really anytime. helpful hopefully martin and i have shared a few helpful hints and tips that you can use to try and manage your well-being better if you're experiencing poor mental health at the moment please ensure that you talk to your people support teacher a trusted adult, or visit one of the many helpful websites such as See Me Scotland, Young Scott and youngminds.org.uk. Thank you for listening.